This is Dyes and Shoe X, the podcast, episode 278 for the week of November 13th, 2011. Yo, yo, welcome to Dyes and Chewy X. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fansite. Dyes and Chewy X. <laughs> Matter of fact, over there, appreciate that. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit, oh, the entertainings. Welcome across from me over there, doing a whole lot of nothing this episode, Mary. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate to be bringing the nothing. It's all right. You know, I started watching the Blu-ray set uh, Friday when you weren't around, uh, I think even before that. I don't even know what day it is now what's going who are you again i'm your wife thank you and i like dragon ball thank you for saying yes <laughs> quite welcome the, the blu-rays look pretty cool from what i did see in passing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i know that, you'll go into detail but we will we i don't will. want to spoil it that will be the topic of this here episode mary you will join me my name is mike vegeto ex for the non-topical stuffage you will jump away our buddy heath hugio from constantai will join me to do the blu-ray review we'll do that we'll do a contest introduction thingy we'll come back it's a full show we got a lot of stuff so mary in addition to that review mm-hmm. in addition to that content we're giving and we away, love contests we love contests because we get rid of stuff it comes <laughs> in and we just shove it right back out the door we are giving away a copy of level 1.1 the new blu-ray set itself from funimation so stay tuned after that review it's already up on the website but if you are away from a computer right now the details are coming straight into your ears very soon mary after all that we will come back together and we are going to do a little bit of ultimate tenkaichi follow-up from our listeners follow-up or fallout both does that make sense yes this is a I'm just bit. trying to mentally prepare, that's all. <laughs> uh, geez, it's been a strange week. There's not a whole lot of news other than Amazon's got that sale going on right now. I think it's still going. The blue bricks of the original Dragon Ball TV series okay, that's are pretty nice. $15 <gasps> a pop. Wow, how many are there? There's five of them. Okay. So I think okay. 75 bucks for the whole series. That's pretty darn nice. That's not too bad. That I hope, is um, the best that the series looks in North America right now. I so. guess, is there no way of knowing if there's going to be more sales as we get closer to the holidays? No clue. And we don't know if this is Amazon clearing out stock or just randomly deciding. They just do this from time to time. Okay, because usually there's some pretty sweet Dragon Ball stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine it would go lower than $15. No, I mean, that's... So... I mean, if I didn't, uh, I shouldn't say I, if we didn't already own Dragon Ball, I would say, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's been pretty popular with folks. Definitely check that out if you're interested. Again, there's no real news. So before we get to the topic, I just want to remind folks that we're heading down to Anime USA in Virginia next weekend from when you're listening to this. The 18th through 20th. That is correct. Maybe not so much the 20th because we leave early on a Sunday. Fair point. But 18th and 19th. We'll be there. We'll be in the AMV room the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're doing some non-AMV things in there as well, which is exciting. Uh, We've obviously got the 10 things you didn't know about Dragon Ball. And actually, it's 10 things plus a bonus 11th thing because I can't trim down content and we got 90 minutes to do it. Yeah, 90 minutes is going to be interesting to pad out. Oh, we've got so many great things, though. Today has been my journey to the West Day ripping video clips i've got things from the 2006 live action j drama i've got a clip from the 1986 i think it was the wildly popular and authentic chinese live action adaptation i've got a clip from dragon ball if you've been listening to the show you know the ginkaku and king kaku story i'm going to be covering that a little bit with some comparison clips lots of great you know i gotta say your reading journey to the west was probably one of the best things you could have done for your own knowledge about dragon ball fandom for sure because you can get all these in jokes now that people like for uh-huh. me even they just like fly over my head yep yep love it go by and it sounds like it's a really funny story too anthony see you that translation four volumes so hysterical and awesome it's hard to believe it's like an ancient chinese story and it's just like potty humor the whole well, time i mean ancient the thing is 16th century so it's not super oh, super I thought it was older than that no not i thought it was like way older well, than that if you dig into the history of it there is precedent for some of those stories with maybe different characters being told prior to that. But Journey to the West is considered the kind of the authoritative collection of those stories in one place. So it's really only like 500 years old. Yeah, but 
Okay. It's great. 500 so years good. old is, is, you know, it's not too soon for, for poop <laughs> Mary, jokes. In internet years, 500 years is incomprehensible. Oh, I know. So, lots of great things there. Um, Mary, you're going to jump away for a little bit. What? And she's gone. We'll come back after our Blu-ray review and we'll do some shit. Joining me to talk about Dragon Ball Z Level 1.1, the new Blu-ray remastering from Funimation. Well, our girlfriend bailed on us this morning, so it's just Heath. Welcome to the show, Hoogio, sir. I'm so sad that Jesus could not be here. <laughs> Jesus. Our southern Jesus. Our southern bell. Man, we're having a, a weird internet morning. That's what we get for trying to do a podcast at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central here. Like, nobody uses bandwidth this early. Let's shut these guys down. <laughs> There's no internets to go around. You can't do this. Ugh. Yeah, it's uh, you and I. Our buddy Corey was going to join us, but I guess uh, he woke up to no internet. So that's how the cookie crumbles this morning. Yep. And you know how quick they are to get those things fixed. That's right. We didn't see Corey for six months, I think, last time, right? Yeah, just about. <laughs> she said, I'm not giving you any more money. All right, Heath, we are digging into, geez, another release of the Dragon Ball Z TV series. We've actually had Raditz once a year for three years now. And if you go back to 2005, it's been at least every other year that we're covering the first episodes of Dragon Ball Z. Why are we doing this again? What's up? Well, because this one is a precedent and we sort of have to cover it. That's right. And we're actually giving away a copy of this set later on in the episode. So stay tuned for that. If you haven't picked it up, you want a copy. Funimation sent us along an extra one. So we're giving it away to you. Stay tuned for that. So level 1.1, the first in a new release of, it's important to say, the non-Kai version of the Dragon Ball Z TV series on Blu-ray from Funimation. It's strange that we have to say the original Dragon Ball Z TV series because whenever you put the word original in front of Dragon Ball, previously it's been the first 153 episodes of the series, and now you have to further clarify this strange granularity. Yeah, it's really kind of odd. I never thought we'd be in this position where we have to distinguish between two different things of the same thing. <laughs> two things of the same thing. I think you clarified if that. If that makes any sense. Yes, yes. So it is an entirely new remaster of the series. It's done on their own, separate from Japan. Japan separate from the dragon boxes and we'll talk about that in just a little bit the base product here it's actually the same set of film masters they used back in 2007 to create the orange bricks and that was the first red flag we all had but it is totally redone now they're still using this was the second red flag Steve Franco's and transfer which was previously studio post and transfer to do the raw film scan and the color work but then they brought it all internal to Funimation to do the actual cleanup work with the new products, they got all these new things from this company called Image Systems. And the weirdest thing to me is how even in their press statement that they came out, they're like, we're going to mention this guy. We're going to mention the studio. We're going to note that he's still doing the color correcting. Right. But I kind of have a feeling that a lot of other people had their hands in this to make sure the color correcting ended up the way they wanted it to. I I'm not quite sure. Because it depends on how much of a hand they had originally for the right. orange bricks. Right, for sure. And I think we'll talk about that with some of the packaging where they say things like the director approved color scheme, but right. we'll get I to that. I still want to know who this director is. Uh, I guess the last thing for just this, the basic, the meta stuff, we're not going to talk about the content like I was just hinting at. It's Raditz. We can't keep talking about the content. But that's the only thing I prepped for. You watched it again? That's all you're ready to talk about. You want to you want to go in depth into the orphans and the robot and the dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Illusion science. I mean, I love that. I actually just watched the illusion science episode yesterday. I love that stuff, but we can't keep talking about it. So if you want to know about the early science episodes and the content and you if can it's basically good, by any release from the last five years you know it you've played it in video games you can go read several prior reviews about kai about the dragon boxes it's all there so we are going to focus on the Funimation marketing and timing side of things. We're obviously going to talk about the technical side of things, the visual presentation, the audio presentation, and the packaging that's important as well. But previously, when we do reviews, we talk about the packaging first. I think a lot of people are tuning in to hear about the tech stuff. So I'm going to shift some things around in what our typical review setup would be. What I'm going to start with first is actually the timing of this release, because that's probably the first question a lot of fans have been asking. 
Kai is still ongoing here in North America. The TV broadcast hasn't hit its end yet, and the DVD and Blu-ray release seems stuck after this Part 6, Episode 77 for now. They haven't announced when Part 7 is coming out. And they've already started doing these season box sets. Right, right. Normally, though, they don't even do with any of their series until... The series is completely out in singles, so it's kind of weird that we haven't even heard anything about Part 7 yet. Yeah, I think it's quite strange that they interrupted it mid-run. You go over to something like One Piece, yeah, they're going back and doing the collections, but the collections came at a time when they put out what they had licensed. That was it. Now we've got a new license with new episodes, so they haven't even talked about One Piece. Will they just do collections from that point onward? But for their standard releases, yeah, it's usually collections come out after we've put out the first run. And it's just been previously before these, you know, Blu-rays were even announced for Dragon Ball Z, they would announce the next part you know, within a couple of weeks of releasing the last one. Sure, or sure. it would at least show up on, you know, some merchandise website or Yeah, whatnot. Amazon. People would at stuff. least know, okay, it's coming, here's the date. I mean, we haven't seen a thing. No, we haven't. Another strange thing tying in with Kai is when Kai was coming out, and I say when it was coming out as if it's over, it's not over, but Kai was, this is DBZ in HD, and that was part of its big deal in Japan as well. It was Z brought mm-hmm. into the HD era. And so you've kind of got these two competing HD products Yeah, it's a separate product, but that's that whole other conversation. So we'll shove Kai to the side for now. I do want to mention the Dragon Boxes because that just finished coming out almost one month to the date before level 1.1 here. Last Dragon Box number seven came out on October 11th. November 8th is when the first Blu-ray set came out. You have just under a month between competing releases. So Heath, I got to ask you, and I'm asking everyone, I don't know if Funimation has an answer. I'm sure they do. They've got a whole business plan around this. I have a guess. What is with the timing? How does this make sense? What are we missing as fans that come week in, week out to talk about this? Yeah, it's kind of why now? Well, my only guess, because it's the only thing that really makes sense to me, is they wanted to be the first. Oh, all right. They wanted to beat Toei in Pony Canyon. Yeah, that's my only guess. I don't know if maybe they know something we don't of now they're working on it or they've heard rumors. I have no idea. Or if they just said, you know what? We know nobody's working on it right now. Let's just do it as fast as we can. Because once we start, Mm -hmm. we can keep doing it. And then we can always say... We were the first. I mean, it even says it on the back of the box. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the first time in any corner of the galaxy, this is where you're going to get it. It's from Funimation. We are the shit. Which, again, goes back to their marketing. They're really good at that. And Sure are. Can you blame them? Yeah, they're doing a great job marketing this. I guess let's go over to that because I don't have any other thoughts about this. Previously, we tossed out things like, well, they did the five-year extension. This will complete within those five years. So it's just another thing to keep on the shelves. I'm sure that's part of the plan, but I don't know if that would be the main reason to go ahead with it. So I think when you take all of that into consideration, it sort of makes sense to put it out now. I just wonder about the one month in between releases. Yeah, it's kind of like they knew something we didn't. Yeah, yeah. You know, like if they know nobody else is working on it, why not just wait until Kai is is over? It kind of it seems kind of weird to just shortcut, especially another HD release. Right. And just to wrap this up, something you and you and I talked about, Mark and I talked about, Kai kind of came out of nowhere and I think really took Funimation by surprise. Yeah. And it was a great thing for them, I think. But all right. So let's turn things over before we get into the tech stuff. We're not going to focus too much on the packaging and the marketing because it's a standard release, unlike the Dragon Boxes, and even a little bit unlike the Orange Bricks when those came out, that at least had a booklet and the fold-out packaging. This is just kind of, yeah, it's a Blu-ray release, and it's got a little Mm -hmm. insert, but it's pretty standard packaging. I will toss out there the Orange Spine was probably (laughs) red flag number three, but all of these red flags have kind of been kicked to the curb, thankfully. I think it's a pretty clear callback to the Orange Bricks on DVD to pull in that audience that found those so enthralling a great success great cheap price and that makes sense to me and it doesn't overwhelm the packaging so i think it works extremely well for how they're doing this it still brings back bad memories (laughs) it does it does but other than that i mean i can see why they went with it sure honestly i'm perfectly fine with it it doesn't bother me no no has this weird 
kind of, you know, not even nostalgia factor. It's just kind of a, oh gosh. Right. But I mean, I come from a marketing background. I do marketing communication for a living. This makes complete sense for me. And I give them oh, yeah. complete credit for doing it. But for us two, Orange, <laughs> we would kind of start having flashbacks here. It has this stigma to it. It does. All right. What else about the packaging? I mean, it's a somewhat well, standard a, a shot of Goku. things that they did that... I don't want to say I hate to use the word upset, but it almost just kind of like yeah, it, that's too strong because we don't. But yeah, have... it's, it's more of a oh, I don't quite understand why you did this. Not that it's a bad thing, but I just don't understand. Okay, sort, like what you know, the text that they inserted is just I I don't even know if it's necessary because one you can't really read it at all if you look on the the main cover. Goku basically covers everything up. Are you talking about Doragon Boru Zeto that Mark was harping on? Well, that is part of it. I was more talking about the quote that they have on it. That if you if you take the cover out of the Blu-ray and you you look at the inside, you can actually read more of it. And the quote is, "I am the hope of the universe. I am the answer to." Ah. It's one of those famous quotes that only exists in the English dub. Right. Uh, that is one thing. Then. Like you mentioned, why is there katakana on this of Dragon Ball Z? And then why is the romanization there? Yeah, I think this is the kind of style by committee, where it's let's put something to appeal to the hardest core of the dub fans that like the things that change the character motivations. Let's put that stuff in there. Let's put things that are as blatantly Japanese as possible. I almost think they are misinterpreting the feelings of those types of fans and what those fans actually want. It's just this cursory glance at, we got to get this fan, this fan, this fan, slap it on there and not really think about what that stuff means. Because I know for me, just because there's one Japanese word on here does not mean I'm going to love this release. I may pick it up to, to look at it a little bit, but I just don't know if it's necessary, especially when you consider none of their other releases ever have had anything. And Typically, they've kind of gone away from even noting things as being Japanese, especially when it comes to Dragon Ball Z. Yet here we are with Katakana, and it's even Romanized, and then it's in English in the background. So it's just kind of odd. Again, it's more of a, why did they do this? We have a couple last things before we get into the nitty-gritty details on this. The inclusion here is this uh, character portrait card thing with a printed-on signature from Chris Abbott's Vegeta. It's got a quote from him from far later in the series. Again, the, the fans that they're going after with this, this makes total sense. They're doing everything they can to remind them why you loved this show when it was on TV because that's their main audience for this. I think it makes sense. It's a great inclusion if you're that mm-hmm. type of fan. Okay, I did have the chance to talk to Corey about this All right. the other day. So this actually comes from both of us because we agreed. It was like he was reading my mind and it was kind of weird. All right. But he said, why would you include Vegeta? We we understand why you would include Sabbath. That makes sense. But Vegeta barely has anything to do with this set. He's not <laughs> on the cover. And we already know he's on the cover of the next set. So it just seems kind of weird in a way. Not that it's a huge deal. Right, right, it's right. just kind of like, why'd you pick this character? And it, my guess is it's just because the name recognition. it's Sabbath. Yeah. But then why not just put Piccolo on it? Um, I, I can see that. Maybe I would have done Shemel Goku first, Sabbath Vegeta second. Yeah. Okay. So sure. I, I do like the signature that they put on and it's all shiny and silver. Yeah, and yeah. It, I think it's kind of nice. I mean, it's not the highest quality stock of paper, but mm-hmm. it's not too shabby. I mean, if you want to put this stuff on display, great. And then on the back, we do have uh, Vegeta written in Katakana. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they keep the theme going at least. But overall, yeah, it's a nice little insert. I'm sure some people will, will really love it. Great inclusion for them. My, my only other thing, which I guess we could talk about, okay. is just the overall look of the cover. I know we mentioned the orange spine. Sure. But the whole thing to me just seems kind of, uh, blah. Really? I, I don't know why. It just, it does. The back seems more entertaining to me than the front. Well, I... I think this is a matter of you're just going to buy it regardless of how it's right. designed. It doesn't need the pull of the and Dragon And this is boxes. just complete opinion because I know some people like it. And it's just me. Okay. And I have no problems with it, but I just want to throw it out there. All right. We've got things to talk about with additional marketing, but that's going to tie into some of the extras on the set. So let's just dive right in now to the presentation of this set. The important thing here, the most important part of it, 
is the video. It's a totally new HD scan from their multi-generational film masters. We do have to put it out there. Toei went back into cold storage to get their original, the first generation film masters. Whatever Funimation has at best is probably third generation film maybe yeah, they imagine. got second i would be very very shocked but it's probably third or more so you've got multi-generations of grain in there to deal with and we like grain it is a part of the picture if you remove it you remove the picture but the more layers you put on there the tougher it is to deal with the image so that was some of the stuff they're dealing with here so heath with all these new processes that they've got going on what is kind of your initial take on the visual presentation i like the visual presentation in fact i like it a lot i think it looks very good. Uh, they did a great job of not going overboard on taking out too much grain. Uh, at some points, you could kind of argue maybe they left just a little too much in, but I, I'd rather have too much than too little. I think... I somewhat agree, and part of that probably is the multi-generational issues of the right. grain there, because... Because you have grain on top much. of grain on top of grain. Right, right. And you get to the point where it gets pretty hard to take that out and and there is in one of the features i'll i'll bring it up i'm sure we'll discuss it later sure. but steve franco talks about the grain is the resolution and for a lot of people you know you're kind of like well what what does he mean by that mm -hmm. and that's exactly what he's talking about if you take the grain out you're removing the actual resolution from the picture quality so you will actually lose resolution it will look worse than it actually did if you left the grain in it's very, very strange to hear our own explanations kind of parroted back at us from yeah. three or four years ago. But that's a good thing. I'm glad everyone really is on the same page. Not everyone, because we don't speak for every single fan on the planet, but at least from our perspective, from the folks that have been covering this for so long, it's really nice to kind of be talking the same words back and forth at each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've seen a lot of people have thrown up comparisons from the Dragon Box to mm -hmm. this. Sure, and sure. They're... They're very close. It would just come down to personal preference because the colors are a little different between the two. They're not exactly the same. Grain is is fairly close in a lot of places. But yeah, like yeah. I said, there is a little bit more grain, I think, on these Blu-ray sets. But it also may be because it is at a higher resolution at 1080p over the 480p right. Dragon Box. You're seeing more of what's there, of course. So you're seeing more, whereas if you put the Dragon Box on a TV... You're stretching the 480p over 1080 lines of resolution, so a lot of those individual grain particles are getting stretched and blurred together more right. so. So you know, it yeah, it's naturally offsets. blurring the grain together as opposed to seeing all the right. individual pixels here. Let's talk about the color for a little bit because the color is slightly different from the Dragon Box, and this has been in question for quite a few years now since the Dragon Boxes came out. Funimation has traditionally always pushed things more toward the blue, and that affected a lot of other things throughout the series we saw not in depth but some of the stuff franco was working on here and it does seem to me from what little we did see of what he was working on they were being much 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 more careful and granular with how they were adjusting the the color scheme of the show here yeah it it was actually quite nice to see uh for once where they said hey we're gonna kind of go with more of the colors that are actually there and we're just gonna it it almost looks more like they slightly adjusted some stuff mm -hmm. they didn't over just anything right anybody knows with dragon ball z it's just the way it's always been since the initial release of the series things have always been pushed to one end more so than the other i guess we have to compare it to a similar product because kai did the same thing it brought the film up into hd and they applied a new color scheme to it kai is mm -hmm. far more saturated than this but i don't know that that's the right word to use because in dragon ball saturation has almost this negative connotation to it yeah, it's far it's, brighter over in kai though i say it's a subdued saturation it's not an overkill because even in kai your whites aren't completely Completely white. Right, they still right. have more of a cream look to them, mm -hmm. and your blues aren't overly blue. And then when you get a lot of the contrasting colors next to each other, it's not blinding. So they they updated the colors, but not in a way that is connotated with the saturation that we usually talk about. 
Yeah, they're two different approaches, and I think they both work in their own way. And Kai's whole purpose was bringing into the new era and kids like shiny things. So that's what they did yeah. over there. Whereas this was, well, this is actually the show from 1989. We just wanted to yep. look as good as it can. And there have been a lot of reviews online that I've seen of anyone that's, I'll say, from a older generation mm-hmm. that has or is someone that's maybe a, a cinephile or something when they see grain on stuff like this and they know what era it's from, they love it. It brings back a lot of nostalgia for a lot of people to see grain because you just don't see anything on 60 millimeter film right, right. anymore. A similar parallel would be when you go back and play a vinyl record. I mean, it's just that kind of right. sound, that kind of look. And a lot of that is where you come from, what you're used to seeing. Do you know much mm-hmm. about the product? So it's just that kind of approach to Definitely. it. What else can we say about the video? It's similar to the Dragon Box, I think. It's the kind of thing where you have to see it in motion because it's still shot. You're going to see more of that grain. Yep. And I mean, we like the grain, but you're, you're going to see more of it and it's going to draw your attention away from the rest of the picture, seeing a still frame in motion. It just looks like a fantastic image from film to me. Yeah. The only thing I know, and I think I saw you post it at some point. Uh-huh. You can you can tell that the masters they have are the masters they have because yeah, even yeah. in the first episode it's never looked as good as anything else. Oh and god, you can, you can tell. But I think they did a good job of making it look the best that they could in comparison to the other episodes. I agree. When the Ultimate Uncut Edition came out in 2005, episode one of DBZ for for whatever reason their master of that episode is just significantly more terrible than even episode two. It yeah. just, There's so much damage and grain on that picture. I don't know if they got, you know, a 10th generation copy of that. You can see that in the Blu-ray, but because they went to such extreme length and care to clean it up and be consistent, it's not as jarring as it was back on DVD, which is crazy because right. DVD is hiding that resolution. Yet, I think it's really just a testament to how well they did this set that even though episode one master is terrible it doesn't look that bad right and that's what i was getting at which is really good to see and i think kind of leads us into how did they they clean this up internally because we know they brought it in-house right right they had their own video engineers work on it and uh there's the feature that comes along with it they kind of do a step-by-step sort of thing of here's what we did and you know what they did to the dragon boxes in japan it's they literally copied what they did yeah it's a very similar process which which is no no offense or slight to funimation because honestly that's just what you do so it's not so much that they copied that's just the standard yeah that's just how you do stuff and i'm sure that what funimation has i mean you think about the dragon boxes those were 2003 onward technology has advanced even more just in those last few years the algorithms to do this stuff like adjusting frame jitter they've got these just you saw the sliders about how how fierce do we want to attack the jitter and it's great to Mm -hmm. see such a fantastic balance being struck there and you can tell from their older releases that the jitter is much more settled down there's slight jitter here and there but even on the dragon boxes are because you can never completely get rid of it no you can't the way that stuff is you'd have to angle frames and do all sorts of stuff and it's walking that fine line of how far do we want to push this but still have it look good. Yeah, you have to balance the time and the budget. Yeah, some people go way over that line, and oh my gosh, it just looks bad. But you really want to stay as close to that line as you possibly can, and I think they did a really good job of that. Even like on the color correction, the jitter, everything else, they stayed really close to that line. They didn't want to push too far overboard to get anywhere near what they've done before. Just to give you a really concrete example of the frame jitter and how that affects things many many years back when myself mary and our buddy jeff were working on one of the tracks for doom rider which was this multi-editor amv project that covered the whole series we were handling the transition between the track before us that goes into the cell game track and what we had was a still frame right before it's that shot where everyone's everyone lands their feet hit the ground and then does the pan shot across everyone we had a transition there with some things that appear on the ground like 
some motion graphic-y things going on. We wanted to match one frame of nothing to a frame of feet. To make that happen, we had to figure out why isn't this frame matching this frame? It was really throwing it off when you're going from a still frame to motion. The frames were, I think, approximately a little bit under 0.5 of a clockwise rotation from each other. And we could do that because we were doing this, you know, 30 second track for an AMV project. You can't manually do that with 24 frames per second over a 22 minute show. You, you have to let a computer handle for that. 291 episodes. Exactly. So it's that kind of stuff that's going on. And we were doing it with consumer grade things. They're doing it with far beyond things anything. Things that we dream of. Yeah, dream of. yeah, exactly. So that's some of the types of of stuffage that they're dealing with here. I don't know what else we can say about the presentation. I am really, really, really content with it. I am too. I mean, everyone will have their own opinion, which is completely fine. It really comes down to what colors do you like more? Do you like grain? Do you like it cropped? Because really now we've hit the point of there is every single kind of way you could watch Dragon Ball Z almost ever imagined besides 3D. Right. He is available. It's coming. 3D so, Blu-ray 2012. It's, it's just kind of weird. Don't even say that, Mike. <laughs> you have the other the other thing that we didn't quite touch on, but was more of the, the touch-up. You know, they, they talk a lot about their fluids on the film and hair. Oh, yeah. The glue and the dust and the scratches. Yeah, they showed and for a little anybody bit. that's kind of curious, like, what do you mean bodily fluids? What they're talking about is when the series was originally made way back, you know, in... 1989 when they started episode one for dragon ball z all the film was put together by hand by a guy in a room and he sweats a lot because it's you know a nice temperature in there to keep the film all nice and every once in a while nobody would catch it and say a sweat drop would fall on the film and then the film gets copied and then that film gets copied that film gets copied so you get these little Sweat bubbles, in a way. Things like that. That's what they're talking about. And then, you know, hair falls on it, and nobody... You're in such a rush to get this episode out. Nobody goes back and wipes all that stuff off. And some of the worst offenders were always the strips of uh, glue and tape at the bottom of scene transitions. I mean, particularly terrible with Evangelion, but DBZ had it as well. And just the the two remasters, go back and compare for each of those shows. It's just amazing what they did to clean that stuff up. And glue also affects frame jitter. So you have to deal with removing the glue and then readjusting the frame. And you have to remember that back in the day when, when these series were made, there was no such thing as HD or anything like that. In fact, they didn't even consider we might put this out on DVD. Or VHS. And at the time, you have tube TVs you know, with CRTs in them. And you had the little areas outside that would not show up on the TV. Like the and glue. that's what they knew. So you could have things in the outside that they knew wouldn't appear. So they didn't care if they were there. And that, those are your tape marks. Well, now, with even with DVD and HDTVs, you show every single line of resolution. There, There's no hidden areas, even though you should never put text in the hidden areas to begin with. <laughs> um, but those areas are no longer hidden like they used to be or when the series was made. So now these things are an issue, but they never were before. And so they have to edit those things out. And tape and glue is just horrible. Because there there are shots even on the Dragon Box where they didn't get some of those out. Yeah, and I do want to say that I noticed some of that here as well. They're not going to get every single frame. They can't. There's too much. It's too right. long of a series. But they got the worst offenders, which is great. Oh, yeah. There, there are still instances when I was watching through a couple episodes where you'll see hairs yeah, here yeah. and there. And it makes sense why they can't get them. I know in one episode I was watching where Gohan is stuck up on this big rock ledge looking down Mm -hmm. and all these like dinosaurs come running by. You can clearly see a couple pieces of hair on top of the dinosaurs, but the dinosaurs are so faded and in the background, I don't know how the hell you'd get those hairs out of there. That's what I have to wonder where they, again, had to strike a balance of, well, can I easily remove this? I'm here for, you know, 12 hours today. Can I get this done? Exactly. So So it's good to see they walked that line of, we're not totally going to fuck this up. But yeah, yeah. we're going to do it logically. I think that covers the video. I mean, we talked about the hair cleanup, the presentation. I mean, it's four by three. It's not cropped. They made a really big deal about it this time. I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I think it looks great. Which I guess we, we should note 
it's really I always find it really weird when people say, "Oh, it's in four three because native Blu-ray video is always in sixteen nine. Yeah, so the the black bars are actually hard coded onto the Blu-ray just because of the spec for Blu-ray astonishes me sometimes. I don't understand yeah. why there's not an anamorphic four by three flag in because then people are like, "Well, then I try to change the aspect ratio on my TV and it doesn't." work <laughs> it's like well that's because the black bars are actually part of the video you shouldn't be changing it anyway that's what it's supposed to look yeah. like all right so forget the video it's great we're really impressed with it let's talk about the audio for a little bit that was a big question because the dragon box had a much 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 higher source of audio the blu-rays here we weren't sure what we were going to get because all right yeah it's funimation's multi-generational film i did a non-scientific look or i guess listen at the audio i had the blu-ray in one player i had the dragon box in another player i had the orange brick in another player i compared them did you do a similar thing i did not oh all right but i've watched the dragon boxes enough (laughs) that uh i can tell you what sounds good and what doesn't all right so i guess we can now, we have to mention all of those sources. Where does the new Blu-ray set fall between the Orange Bricks and the Dragon Box? Or does it go to either side of those? I'd say it's kind of in the middle. Okay. It's not quite Dragon Box quality, but I just from guessing, I would say it's a little better than the Orange Bricks just because they have higher bandwidth that they can work with. I heard less hiss in this than I did on the Orange Bricks. I saw a couple of people wondering, we were wondering this ourselves, were they just going to rip the Dragon Box Audio Masters and apply them to this? I don't know if they can do that. I don't know if they would stealthily do that and just not tell yeah. Toei. It's really tough well, to tell. And we were thinking tell. that it's that would be more of a legal issue that they probably wouldn't want to get into. Right. And maybe they did and they downgraded it some way. I'm not entirely sure. Overall, I think it sounds really nice. I did notice on my speaker setup that this felt more hollow than the Dragon Box audio did. It sounded like it had this kind of weird echo to it, but I only heard that when I got really close up to the speaker. From a distance, it sounded fine. And they're both mono tracks, so it's not like I've got Mm -hmm. weird channel separation going on. It's just how it sounded. What else did you notice with the audio? Uh, For the most part, I decided I was going to watch it with the Japanese background music with the English dialogue with the subtitles on. Oh, all right. You did that right. Always a bad idea for me to do. Yeah. yeah. I liked it. I I did watch it in Japanese with the mono. I did not do anything with the original dub music at all. Uh, I actually didn't touch uh, the dub tracks at all. Yeah. So I, I really can't speak to that. The Japanese... Audio sounds like it's always sounded. I mean, it's the exact same thing for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are points where you go, "Eh, that doesn't quite sound that great because it's in mono, but whatever. But the the track with the English dub over the Japanese music is actually really good because the Japanese music can come out more Mm, because they have a lot of those tracks in stereo. Right, right. And that's it's really nice to hear some of that, which is one of the things that they did with Kai of, hey, we can put a stereo track on this now. Overall, I'm not quite sure what english dub alterations they made because i know on the back of the box it says that they made some i personally have no idea what they are that's probably the stuff from the orange bricks i can't imagine that they're doing any additional edits to this version because they keep pimping this as the original american version what they mean there is not that the show's american but that the dub included there is the non-kai version now they're really having to separate themselves from their kai Mm -hmm. dub as well which just and it's hard to do that without being overly confusing yeah yeah it is so i'll give them credit for trying as well as they can there uh the audio i believe it's all lossless yes dolby true hd yep 5.1 Woo! not that it matters to me because i have a 2.1 yeah (laughs) but overall i thought uh, the music was good the subtitles are awesome and i'll just leave the dialogue as is right i guess other stuff we have to mention because this is the prior film master they have we don't have proper credits on the opening ending we don't have japanese title cards we don't have next episode previews for us the dragon box was the complete version of everything that we knew and loved from watching the show as it originally aired in japan so coming back Mm. over to this we are losing those things does it affect the content of the show no it absolutely does not does it affect the crazy enjoyment that we have from you know what knowledge we have and how we used to watch it a little bit but not not overly because like you said 
we do have those things now. So exactly. It's not as bad as it used to be. And I, from what I've heard from a lot of people, especially people that had the orange bricks and now want to get these, they watch a lot of it in marathon mode anyway. They do indeed. So yep. they don't even see next episode previews or, or credits. Right, right. And they're really only there if if you want to watch them. And most of them are all Funimation credits anyway. Right. So People were really psyched to see Marathon Mode come back. I never really watched the show like that, but I can imagine I if either. I were, that would be really, really awesome to just not even lift my arm up to grab the remote to press fast forward at all. It would be kind of nice. Maybe I'll have to try that sometime. But I always love sitting through the credits. I don't I'm one of those people that I go see a movie in a movie theater and everyone leaves and I will sit there and watch all the credits. I do the same thing. Well, we've been kind of trained to wait and see if there are any stingers after the credits, though. So that's true. I'm actually reading the credits. I don't know what else to say about the presentation here. Um, I'm impressed. Uh, I, I missed the yeah, couple I mean, things I, that I'm missing. I'm overly but... impressed. I think they did a great job. Um, the one thing that that Corey and I did come into agreement when we talked the other night, this is essentially the orange bricks with a much better video quality and encode. And that that's essentially what you're getting. So I think for the consumer, it's up to you whether you want it or not. If you love the Dragon Boxes and, and you all you want is the video quality, then I think you could stick with those. But again, it's up to personal opinion. What do you want? Do you want it in HD? Do you want the Blu-ray? And these sets actually aren't terribly expensive. No, they're hitting about twenty bucks on Amazon for each of the right. the sets here, and there. Which I guess is one episodes. thing we could briefly touch on. It's more packaging. We didn't mention it earlier, uh-huh. but on the inside and on the back of the box, it does note all of the releases. It does. Yep. So we know exactly for what's once, coming. We actually know. Usually, we're left guessing as things come out. My guess is they're breaking each level up into two parts. Yeah, that's what it seems to imply there. Which you know, it's pretty good. It it'll run us through what. 2015 something i don't know so overall i um i guess i could say i am overly impressed yeah it like i recommend it but i also have the dragon boxes and kai yeah so how do you recommend this product well that's what i was saying i don't think we could break out every single circumstance because i think for this release it really is up to the individual because we know this has been out so many times. It really boils down for me. Do you want the original series in HD? And are you going to miss the title cards and that kind of are stuff? Are you going to, you know, do you love the cropping of the orange bricks? Then this might not be for you. I, you know, I don't know. I can't really make some of those calls because it's such a weird release with how many releases we've had. Because I've even heard people say, well, if you really want an HD, you should just get Kai. But then there's the debate that Kai is not really the complete series and you know you run into so many roadblocks along the way of trying to justify buying this or mm-hmm. telling somebody to buy it i think where we have to fall is if this is something you were interested in we approve yes i, th- I think that's a great way to put it let's wrap things up by talking about my livelihood the marketing the communication of this set because the dragon boxes were almost a response to the orange bricks where they're going to go after basically our community and everyone that we talk to and those who think and feel the same way as we do but don't necessarily hang out with us this is going back to the orange brick style of things where it's we are pimping this show to the people who watched it on cartoon network and if we can grab some other folks along the way that's great all of the marketing materials the the dialogue that goes along with the trailers the music the that goes along music. with the trailers people are saying oh my god this is tsunami music through and through and while i didn't watch tsunami that extensively i totally get that vibe i am totally on board with you because you pop this bad boy in and you're like is it 1999 to come on the tv is it, is it coming and we have to mention i mean their trailer starts with the over 9000 scene this is amazing marketing i hate every single step along the way in that trailer but i understand and respect it more than i can possibly describe i think we're on the same page on this one which is really sad for me to admit but (laughs) yeah i know i probably sound like a broken record but they are great at marketing and there's a reason that they are one of the sole companies that is still doing anime whoever they hired straight out of college had some brilliant ideas (laughs) <laughs> they need to keep them on. So, level 1.1, if this is what you want, we approve. It's a great release for what it is. If you want it, go get it. 
If you don't want it, you so have be it. many alternatives at this point. Yeah, many of which are still on store shelves and are equally good. All right, Heath, thanks so much, dude. I mean, we've a lot of people have been looking forward to this. We had no idea what we were getting ourselves into. No, I I really didn't, and I've I think we should note that neither of us have really done a whole lot with written reviews. So a lot of what we've said in this podcast, we've just been kind of throwing it out there and yeah, seeing yeah. what sticks to the wall. Right. Uh, I know both of us have written reviews coming to our respective websites, Taizen, Shui X, and mm-hmm. Constantai. So look forward to that. We'll probably get a little more detailed on some of the uh, other stuff here and there. So look forward yeah. to that. Uh, Heath, before we wrap up the topic, I have to allow you, where is this site of the Constantinus. Well, it's it's kind of hidden unless you use Google, then <laughs> you can easily find it. Okay. But uh, even if you misspell the name, you can find it on Google. I have found that out Great. with all the hits that we get from Google referrals. <laughs> but uh, you can find us at www.kanzentai.com. That's Constantai.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter because there are some things we post on there that we don't post on the website, although they do show up over there. So you can read them there, even if you're not on Twitter. Right. But we have the handle of Constanti underscore C-O-M. So you can find us there on Twitter as well. Awesome. So like I mentioned earlier on in the topic, we have an extra set to give away courtesy of Funimation. We are heading off to Anime USA next week. So what I'm going to do is set the deadline for the evening before I come back home. So when I come back, I can probably toss in the segment announcing the winner or I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do this. But let's set a deadline. You have to send in your submission by November 19th. That's a Saturday evening, 1159 p.m. Eastern Time. Hard deadline there. All you got to do, send an email contest at dizex.com, C-O-N-T-E-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. A subject line would be helpful, but not necessary. And whatever you want to write in the body of the email. I enjoy funny stories, little anecdotes, things you enjoy about the websites and the podcasts, things you don't enjoy. I enjoy them too. You do. Because, I pass things along. We get yes. a lot of stuff about Constantine that I forward over to Heath because people think we are the same person. Apparently. So that's it. All you got to do is send an email. You could potentially win this Blu-ray set. Very, very exciting. Thanks, Funimation, on that. Now, Mike, who all can, uh, you know, send in for this this here contest? Do I have to live in North America? Oh, oh thank you. Yeah, the, I guess that's important. No, I'll send anywhere as long as you can do regions A or B on Blu-ray. Oh, I guess that's something we didn't mention. Yeah. If you live in Japan, you can import this. And okay. again, that that ties back to bitches we doing it first got you toei well of course we are the same blu-ray region now so yes it makes it even easier they can't do anything about reverse importation too bad so thank you you, sir it was great having you yeah thanks for having me at such a an early time but i'm glad it worked out yeah we're done hopefully we can get Corey on next time or something i don't know that's what happens when squirrels eat your internets that's right damn squirrels all right dude we shall talk to you soon all right sounds good have a good one Last week on the show, myself and Joe and Dustin, we did our kind of in-progress review. They finished it far more than I did of Ultimate Tenkaichi. I have played a significant amount since then, but we put the request out. Listeners, what do you think about this game? So... We have a couple comments from folks, and we have an audio review Whoa, as well. Yes. Nice. So we're going to kind of wrap up the show. Um, remember that contest. Check out the Blu-ray. All that stuffage reviews coming to you. We're going to just wrap things up with comments on Ultimate Tenkaichi. Uh, ah. Mary, why don't you do the first one here? This came in on Facebook from Jeremy. All right. I'd love to read this because I, I tend to agree. The animation and graphics are amazing. Happy that there's a story mode. Just wish there was a little more to it. Love character creation as well. Very satisfied with the game. Okay, so really the only thing I agree with are the the animation and graphics. I gotta say, I want to interrupt before we move on to the next comment here. You decided, all right, character creation, I'm all about this. I handed over the controller at your request. Uh, I, you would not give it to me. I had to keep begging. I love character creations in games. I want to play. What did I tell you? What did I tell you? Like, there's nothing to it. There's nothing to do. And I'm like, there has to be something to do. You're just yanking my chain. And then I did it. And there was like three of everything to choose from. Three hairstyles. Three types. Yeah. I 
gave it back after 10 seconds. <laughs> to be fair, you unlock more stuff as you go through the hero mode. I don't like but that. But it's, it's, it, it just, no. Next one here, next comment from Michael says, I'm not a fan of the gameplay. It requires no skill to play and relies on luck with the numerous quick time events to defeat the opponent. Unless you're playing the CPU because they tend to pick the same options. If they kept the gameplay from Raging Blast 2 with the added element of the spirit gauge to prevent super and ultimate technique spamming, which was present in RB1 and 2. Added delay and cancels if the opponent has been blocking your combo so the opponent will be an advantage because you haven't been able to hit them. Plus the impact break system for following super technique trails for realistic terrain damage. After all that, Michael says, I believe it would be the ultimate Tenkaichi. A lot of demands in there. I, agree I don't with think some they're they're not unreasonable. No, not at all. Uh, Mary, next one here. Okay, this one comes to us from Ryan. Although I feel I spend more time in the tutorials trying to learn the basic mechanics than I should have, the game can be pretty fun when you get the hang of it. The battles are really flashy and look absolutely gorgeous. However, I can only play so much in one sitting before the battles get fairly dull. At the very least, the cutscenes were amazing enough to keep me playing. Yeah, playing the game, I feel like it's the exact same fight. Oh. Over and over, Am do I a combo. complain about the games over the last near decade have been all the characters play the same? It's reduced, and now to, it's like not only just that, yeah, but yeah. it's also the battles. Every if, fight if it's all luck, is the same. Yeah, yeah. Adam's going to wrap up our uh, kind of text responses here. I played a little bit of it and was bored to tears. Looks great, but the gameplay is as shallow as a kiddie pool. I like it. Gladys skipped it, especially since Arkham City and Uncharted 3 just came out. And that's an important point to make. This game is $60. You only have so many $60 to spend on video you games. You could have been playing Uncharted 3, and you will. But I know <laughs> that one of the reasons why we held off on buying it, you know, day one was you knew you had to review this. Yeah. And, you know, you want to do a good review and play it thoroughly. And you can't have distractions like fabulous AAA games sitting in the corner. <laughs> that's right. And you got, like, your D-minus games like this. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to Confirmed. Mary gives Ultimate Tenka each D minus based on 10 seconds of character creation. And, and no hands-on experience whatsoever. Yeah. Sorry. Great. Modern games journalism right here. <laughs> I am a pro expert. Listen to me. Mary only got a $5 check from Namga Bandai. She said, F those guys. D minus. She's not denying it. She's just looking <laughs> at me. I just find this highly amusing. All right. And wrapping things up with the Ultimate Tenkaichi feedback, we actually have an audio review from Haseo Wolf Randy. So let's check out what he's got to say. Hi there. This is Randy Thompson, also known as Haseo Wolf or Ava Shogoki. That's my PSN ID. And I just want to do a quick little review slash rebuttal about what my feelings are on Ultimate Tenkaichi. First of all, I'd like to talk about what I like about it. Let's hit presentation. Awesome Kanzenban style texturing. The blast effects are really good and true to the show. Stage destruction is huge, and granted, while they're kind of pre-scripted, it's kind of really cool to have multiple different ways that you can destroy the whole scene and also change weather effects and stuff as you're blowing stuff up. Dynamic camera is really cool, letting you really get in on the good hits and everything like that. The 2D animation is simply stunning. It's ripped right from the source material. It holds just the important cuts. There's no cutaways to minor characters or Kayo just kind of narrating on what's going on. It's just what is important for that stage. The VA performance is amazing. I haven't really listened to any of the English dub stuff, but wow, Nozawa, Horikawa, Wakamoto, they're just awesome and spot on this time. Um, the music is really, really good. It's no Kikuchi score. I'm guessing it's not Yamamoto since, obviously... <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's just really great, really good composition. Um, next, I just run a really quick hit gameplay. Uh, it's easy to grasp. I mean, you don't really have that many options to do uh, everything. You're not throwing all of these different combos you got to do like most fighting games. And it's much more strategic than it is about skill or just fast reflexes. There's simple supers and ultimates, so just at the flick of a stick, you can do these huge kamehamehas or you know wolf fang fist, all this great stuff. There is boss battle, these giant fights against um, giant opponents like Oza, Ruvajita, uh, Hildegarn, everything. It's just really cool to be able to see these things at the proper scale. Hero mode is also all new with character customization and its very own story to go along with it. It's just a really cool kind of thing that the fans have been asking for for a long time, and it's nice to finally be able to do something with that. The basic music in the whole game, I know Ultimate Blast has the original Kikuchi score, which is awesome, but over here in the States, in Tenkaichi, we've got some superb background music. It's the best yet from Spike. Not only can you just 
just change what song you're listening to in-game. You can also customize the in-game BGM medley. So you can have certain songs play when there are certain events that are taking place. You can also use your custom soundtrack songs from the hard drive, just like every other Spike game of this generation. So you can throw in your own Kikuchi score stuff, or just other great songs from the show. So that's kind of what I do like about the game, and while I do really enjoy playing it, I'm going to hit on what I don't like. Um, First, I'm going to say that while it is simple to pick up, it is just a little too easy. You have the option to transform as well in battle, which doesn't really provide you any sort of advantage, disadvantage. It just means that you can do different supers, different ultimates. Um, And they are basically useless because by the time you've got enough charged up in your gauges to transform and do super attacks, and you've already used the form that you're in, why change? It's not really a huge deal. You don't have time to pull off 8 billion different super attacks for just how the battles kind of flow. There's no Japanese Kikuchi score in the other regions for the game, which is kind of a letdown. I really would have liked to have the option to choose either or, plus we were told that we would have both. Loading times in this game are also abysmal. It takes so long to load anything, and we've constantly hit with them in story mode. Overworld map is just... I mean, it can be good. It just needs to add a little bit more interactivity other than flying from one place to another. Find a Dragon Ball. Okay, fight Cybermen. Do I really care? No, but I just want something else to do here. Dashing scenes where you're being either chased by an opponent or you're chasing them and you need to catch up and blast them to slow them down. I mean, the animations for the QTEs are really, really great, and I really like how they handle those, but just give me more options to do other than just blast and follow behind them. The boss battles, while I said before, are really cool to see these characters in their original scale. The controls are super clumsy and these fights can be made overly difficult in hero mode especially with the such low HP that you're given for your character at the start. Speaking of hero mode, the character creator is immensely shallow. I would have liked it if I could have chosen a few bits and pieces here from each person's costume as opposed to one person's costume change their colors. I understand that, yes, Dragon Ball characters kind of do all look the same except for their clothes and hair. There are some differences in facial style. So having the ability to change like eye style from going to have open-lined eyes or closed-lined eyes to look more menacing, stuff like that would have been great. But we're just not given that here. So to kind of round out my whole thing, people have been saying that Ultimate Tenkaichi really isn't that great, and there's a lot of things that people have problems with it. But my thing is, is that I see a lot of similarities between Ultimate Tenkaichi's gameplay style and another game that fans of Dragon Ball Z have loved forever. And that would be the Legends game that came out for PlayStation 1 and for Saturn. I want to say there's really not that much different between them. I mean, if you look at it, all the characters fight the same in Ultimate Tenkaichi. Much like Legends, it's all the same thing. Same melee button, same key button button, all the same for that. You're filling your key gauge to keep your opponent at bay. In Legends, you're doing it just to hold them back while you uh, do an attack or to up your speed so that way you can pull off some really cool medios, while in Tenkaichi, you're using your key to defend against your opponent's attacks. You're also doing things like filling your spirit gauge to do devastating super attacks, whereas in Legends, you're filling your morale gauge to do the exact same thing. And it was something that you didn't have control over, you just did it, and it happened, and people are good with it. I don't get why this game gets so much harsh criticism for that. Speaking of really simple things to do, in Legends it was really simple to pull off a Meteo hit where you'd send your opponent flying across the screen only to teleport behind them and continue doing the same thing. It's much the same in this one where after you do a couple of hits, you smack them one way, you smack them another, and it's just a couple of button hits, the same thing that Legends had. Also, both games are really easy to just pick up and play with your friends. You don't have to explain, here's how this combo works for this character and here's how you do this one. You don't have to sit there and go through the skill menu. You just pick it up and you play it. It's really easy. So if anyone wants to dig into that, or Mike, I know that uh, you're a huge fan of Legends, and telling from Twitter you absolutely hate Ultimate Tenkaichi, let's talk about it sometime. Thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Mary, that's what we're going to do for the show here. We're heading off to Anime USA. I will put out there, folks, we have officially started down the road of Dragon Ball GT viewing. Oh, yes. This past weekend was very fun. We did the first two episodes. We had pizza. We had beer. Thank you, Joe. We had a great time. Three more to go before we record that uh, review. You're going to see us get progressively not as happy. I think, just if you don't mind my giving a sneak preview, no, 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 no. Go ahead. the three of us were having a blast. We were. And Jeff, he's throwing his hands up there and going, what? what? What's the problem? I don't understand. Oh, the naivete. Oh, Jeff. <laughs>
So adorable. So cute. So, Mary, that's it. If people would love to give us feedback, comments, requests, all that good stuff, let's do it three ways. Number one, the email. Email. Good old-fashioned email. You remember that, right? Well, hit us up at podcast at com. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at D-A-I-Z-E-X dot com. Also, we got the Twitter. That's right. Which you can find us at at D-A-I-Z-E-X, D-A-I-Z-E-X. And then finally, Facebook, where we're at facebook.com slash DIZX. That's right. We keep Good it times. all nice and simple. www.daizex. Just don't don't mistype DIZX. Uh, you can. DIZX, I think, is just a squatter page at this point. It was a porn site at one point. We I don't buy recommend trying. I know. I thought about it, actually, <laughs> because I've got referrals for it. Here we go. I don't feel like outbidding uh, squatters for that stuff, though. Well, potential donors out there if you want to help <laughs> us repurchase a squatter url no i'm kidding if you want to own dissects.com <laughs> the proud owner of one slightly used dissects <laughs> uh thank you again ma'am over there i wish i could help out more <laughs> put me on something i could talk about i love talking about the show i got nothing for you there's a whole universe of show this whole universe of show. Yes. Quoteth the Mary. Along with my $5. Not $5 from Bandai. I don't know what you're on right now, but it's fantastic. Life. So we got Mary over there. Appreciate it. Thank you to our buddy Heath from Cons and Tie for doing the audio podcasty Blu-ray reviewy thing. Thanks to all the other folks that come in, come out week in, week out. Julian off in Japan. Uh, our buddy Jesus who couldn't make it for the Blu-ray review this episode. What? Why are you laughing? <laughs> you say it with a straight face. I was not expecting that. We already joked about this episode. It's not funny to me anymore. <laughs> okay. Well, I wasn't here. All right. Well, it's funny to you. He looks like Jesus. Um, that's it. We'll see you hopefully next week at Anime USA. We had a great time doing this episode, I think. I don't really remember. DiceyX.com. Check you later, kids. 